We are the kings of the tag cast with Ubo. It's Hop and Fenrir, and we're here to chat our lives. Hey everybody, welcome to the tag cast. As uh, Mouth Music Hop got us rolling, uh, I'm you know, here already. <laughs> I mean, it was that was some, that was some of the best stuff you put together there, out. It's blatantly borrowed from the greatest Canadian rock band of all time in honor of Ubo. You know, I I can't disagree with that. I mean, it's one of the best best intros that you could possibly pull together based off of one of the best <laughs> Canadian rock bands of all time for one of our most favorite people, Ubo. Ubo, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm good. Just uh, trying to survive the insanity that is these current times with two crazy little boys at home working full time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I kind of wish I had a hamster wheel. I can just run them out all the time. So. <laughs> but I don't have one. And uh, how are you guys doing, Fen? First time I've spoken to you aside from yesterday and Hoptimus, otherwise known as uh, Milkman. Whoa, X. whoa, whoa. Shh. We don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> that's that's his uh, that's his like what what do you call that? That's Your, like witness uh, protection program stuff, that's, man. That's yeah, <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I've been uh, I can't complain too much. You know, life is you know coming up pretty well right now. So I'm just uh, looking forward to chatting about games with you guys. And I'm I'm glad we finally got you on the show. I'm glad you you know built up the courage to come join us and. Woo, woo. We've been you've been one of our loyal listeners since day one. So, oh my, have you really listened to every episode? Uh, pretty close. To That's every awesome. Episode. It's uh, yeah, I I just I have a self esteem issue. I don't like the sound of my own voice, so I don't know how everyone else in party chat. Stands so me. right, yeah. So <laughs> I, and and all uh, dis disclaimer and all. Uh, how do I want to word this? I've never listened to a single episode of our podcast. <laughs> I, I get on here, I record it, and I never listen to him again. Now, Fenrir has been known to listen to the podcast from time to time, but well, especially lately since I do all the editing, I can't. It's kind of hard to edit and not listen to it. True, true that, true. But no, it's uh, it's 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 definitely a labor of love for our wonderful community, and you know having. You know, Ubo, you're one of the long-standing members of the community and been around for a very long time. So it's glad to finally have you on here. When when did you start? When did you sign up with Tag Ubo? I came uh, in twenty. I think I came in twenty eleven or twenty twelve, and you were already on there. I was. It, it was shortly after or around the time Diablo three came out. So it'd be. I want to say... Like 2009 20, or something? No, 2012. Oh, so I must have joined right after you did. Like, it came out in May 2012. My little guy was already born in August 2011. I, I think I came around. November 2012. Okay. So, I was only six months behind you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
I remember my buddy Shai's uh, convinced me to do this. Uh, yeah, I saw you guys up. playing with Fat the other day. Yeah, and it was like old times where, like, right from the launch of Diablo, we spent the entire time chasing Fat on this barb doing a whirlwind build. But. And we just never catch had, up to him. Had Fat ordered Chinese food. This is important. I don't know, but he might have told Jolly to wake his <laughs> wife up at three in the morning to make him a sandwich while he was playing oh guitar in party chats. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. Those are good times. There's, there's oh some legendary my. stories from those Oh days. yeah. Yeah. I remember. That's awesome. Well, it's, it's pretty cool to have you on here. Um, Finn, uh, everything's going well with you? Yeah, you know, just trying to keep my head above water with right. uh, preparation of school and, Yeah, that's you know, my wife too. It's moving, times. all that stuff all coming down together at the same time. So, you know, we'll we're, see. We're running a uh, rogue, not really rogue, but basically um, the COVID got out of control here. So the governor wanted to close gyms again. And the owner of my gym kind of predicted this and beforehand had already got the okay with the landlord. So we fenced the back of the gym and we have these giant circus tents and we moved a bunch of equipment outside and we have uh, EVAP coolers and basically the entire gym's outside. It's kind of crazy, but it's working. Because uh, if we had to shut down again, we would probably lose the gym and I would probably lose my job, which is not cool. So <laughs> I'll take the heat for a little while. Yeah, as you're adapting and changing and being yeah. flexible, so hopefully that works for you, buddy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's going to be some innovative times as people will need to adjust to these wacky right. conditions. Speaking of innovative times, there's rumors that we're going to have to innovate our wallets if we want to buy games. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, so since we're moving right into the news. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, welcome segue. to the show, by the way. You know, we just <laughs> dropped segues out of nowhere. It's like a game Finn and I play. Who can come up with the most creative segue? And uh, sometimes sometimes it comes out of left field and just kicks you right in the butt. You're like, what? Wait, what? What? Yeah. So, and I think I submitted this as a community question maybe a couple months ago about... Uh, whether game prices need to go up. And uh, now 2K has come out with an uh, announcement ahead of the next gen that they were going to be raising the price on their NBA 2K21 from $60 to $70. And that's $70 on the next gen consoles only, which is um, kind of setting a precedent for the next generation of games. And one of the interesting things is that 2K, NBA 2K especially has a, uh, um, is infamous for putting microtransactions into their games. Um, yep. So much so that like their NBA games are like lotteries at times. Um, that people are kind of shocked that they're the first to have the, um, the gall to actually raise the price of their games, which begs the question of, um, are all PS5 and Xbox Series X games, the next generation of games, now going to be seventy bucks? Uh, in in uh, I hear in Canada it's going to be probably you know you can tack another ten dollars to that, so probably be eighty dollars a game. Yeah, dude, Sith is shaking his fist right now. <laughs> and, I just um, hear him. <laughs> it, well, it I begs, mean, it begs the question, like. Um, 
is is it time to is it a justified increase is the question so i i was listening to podcast unlocked the other day and it's ign's xbox podcast and one of the hosts on it he like went on his tirade about how like game companies like major companies like ea activision blizzard um 2k all those companies are making like billions and billions of dollars in profit on top of everything that they've been they pay out and he's like why are you still trying to now charge us more money and i was i didn't really think about it in that sense that they're still making tons of money in profit so why are you increasing your price you need to use your profit better and pay your employees better if that's the case but i mean I don't know. The one thing I thought about though just now, Uba, when you're talking, doesn't isn't there like a ninety nine dollar version of two K twenty one with like uh I guess like the Mamba Forever edition where if you buy that edition you get the current gen and the next gen together, but it's gonna cost you ninety nine dollars with all the other perks and bonuses that you get with it. Yeah, I did see there was uh several offerings of that two K game. Um, just yeah. a basic model, a Mamba model for um, current gen, and then another one which included both generations. Um, which also, I mean, that also leads to another question about uh, whether more publishers are actually going to do that if they're going to forego that smart delivery system, that upwards compatibility. Yeah. Um, and, but that itself is a is another question. Well, and that's what. I'm glad you brought up smart delivery because I was just thinking like is smart delivery the, and I know that's a Microsoft thing, but PlayStation is kind of, kind of offer something similar to that in a way, but is Microsoft and PlayStation offering this smart delivery type program as a placeholder for games that might be on the current generation and the next generation so that way you pay the one price and that's you get it for both versions but then once games start coming out for the cur- for the next generation only that's when we see the increase in price and it's kind of like a a band-aid if you will until they come out and say now everything's going to start costing you $10 more well i i feel like microsoft and sony have more incentive to reduce the barriers to upgrade from this generation to the next. Yes. It's to their benefit if they can release um, Cyberpunk uh, 2027 or 23, so whatever, whatever 2077. it is. 2077. 2077. Um, it's to their benefit if they can get those AAA games like Cyberpunk to release no cost on both platforms because they don't want you to uh, not upgrade because your favorite game yeah. still on current gen and it will cost you another 70 bucks or now 80 bucks or whatever it may be to go from xbox to series x from ps4 to ps5 mm-hmm. so it's you know it's to microsoft and sony's benefit it's not to the publisher's benefit i don't think um ea was quite public and uh, originally saying uh, madden they were not going to do uh like they were going to issue two versions of madden here's the Xbox One version, here's the Xbox Series X version. Um, you got to pay two different prices if you want to upgrade. Um, 
or if you want to play the the new gen uh but i think they backtracked on that and said yeah. okay you know yeah. what we'll give you um a window of um around the launch period where you buy madden on xbox one we'll give you the free upgrade to the series x but again, that's not to the publisher's benefits. Uh, I have heard that Microsoft is really pushing a lot of the publishers to adopt that smart delivery system. Uh, but again, I mean, that's money out of the publisher's pockets. That's true. I mean, you know, they'll make it up somewhere else down the line, especially with like games like 2K and Madden and stuff like that. They do have those microtransactions like baked into their game um, that people will purchase and buy so you know I, I think it goes back to that question you asked many moons ago with the whole would you buy a game for a hundred dollars with no microtransactions or a game at sixty dollars with a bunch of microtransactions i think that logic applies in this case but i mean well, so on uh, as an ad adjunct to that like one of the things I like when a publisher does this, especially if I know the game, I know the series, so I'll bring up Borderlands 3. They released like the Super Ultimate Deluxe Edition, whatever. And it was... The game itself was fifty nine ninety nine, and the season pass itself was thirty nine ninety nine. so that's $100. But if you bought the Ultimate Deluxe Edition or whatever, it was eighty nine ninety nine, and that gave you all the stuff from the season pass, but knocked, they knocked $10 off. I like when I have that option for games, especially games like something like Borderlands or Diablo or something I know I'm going to play for a long time, I'll gladly take it. And I think that more publishers should look at doing things like that where if you can give the gamer value by, okay, if you buy this and this, we'll knock you know, 10% off the price or something instead of like trying to nickel and dime everybody with a bunch of microtransaction junk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, are games getting more expensive to make? Yes. that's. There's no question about that. But, and I guess the the question I have is, are these games getting too expensive to make, but there's so many games, so then now they can't make their money because there's too much of a market for them. So do they well, have to raise the price to meet that? Yeah. Well, okay, so there's there's two interesting things. I just want to make two interesting points. One is, uh, hopefully they're interesting. One was, I remember as a kid trying to go down to um, – Canadian Tire, I don't know why they were in Jersey, um, and trying to buy a version of Logan's Run on NES. And that game, I never got because I don't know, I can't remember why. But that game itself was like 80 bucks in 1988 dollars. And That's wild. Fast forward 30 years later, the games are still the same price. Vastly vastly improved technology quadruple quintuple the, the game content in there yeah but also they're probably selling back then I mean how many people had Nintendo's I mean the amount of yeah. gaming now it, it, it's a give and take I do agree that probably somebody adjusted for inflation and even going to $70 that's still nothing compared to if they had gone with um, adjusted inflation rates we should be paying like over $100 a game I wish I yeah. had that story yeah. to show but, well I mean um, we've been playing paying what 60 bucks for a new game since the in start 64 of, 
Well, yeah. That era, so, they were 49. The PlayStation and Saturn games were 49, and the N64 dropped at 59.99 because they were cartridges. And then, so the next gen, they stayed 59.99 with the PS2 um, and the Xbox. No, I thought it was the 360 when they went to. Was it was a 360 when they went? Yeah. Oh, but they, the, the, the N64s the were 59 because they were cartridges. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. But so it's been what almost 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> At least 15. The 360 came out in yeah. 2005. How much has a movie gone up in price? I got a movie the theater. Movie, the popcorn will kill you though. True. No, it's true, but you know but what? I mean, like, the thing I is, mean, Blu-rays, Blu-rays cost about the same as what DVDs cost when they were out. That, that's true. That price has well, stayed. Well, it's like $10 the more. The 4K, well, okay, but if you look now, the regular Blu-rays are like 20 uh, on the average U.S. price. Regular true. Blu-ray on new release is about 20 A 4K Blu-ray on new release can be 30 to 35 depending on what it is, right? 4K is the new hotness. You can usually buy the DVD copy of any of those movies for like $15 or True. less. If they still put out a DVD, sometimes you can only buy the Blu-ray bundled with the DVD for 20 to 25 uh, But I just mean like I remember buying DVDs in the late 90s, early 2000s. They were 20 to 25 bucks. So certain media just seems to hold a certain price even if... Um, the overall cost or value has changed. I think just, I don't know if it's a retail thing, uh, a rumorix thing. I'm not sure. I think a, a retail thing. Sorry, go is ahead. Some, I was just saying, I think the retail thing's big. I mean, when you look at retail versus like movie theaters, which is our, almost like an experience that you're yeah. also paying for. So, I mean, there's stuff like that. But like, I mean, it's a drastic change from like fast food, which can jump instantly depending on demand and whatnot it'd be interesting to see what happens because of the pandemic to certain restaurant prices <laughs> as as this goes on well how my wife just said like a 12 pack of gatorade jumped up a huge amount and like a noticeable amount and i was like really that sucks i guess we'll have to watch how much we buy gatorade from now on yeah cause and cause and effect man i'm sure that's a lot of people are just trying to stay hydrated. Oh, it's true. That's true. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of psychology in that, right? There's a lot of psychology and pricing in itself. Um, and as you mentioned, comparing yeah. to the movie industry, I mean, video games have surpassed the movie industry in revenue. Like, GTA yeah. Five is right. still at the top year after year, making millions of dollars. And that game, I think, was a big blockbuster budget production oh yeah and that game will be like what the first game to really traverse three game systems or generations rather yeah so i mean that's crazy it's it's insane i mean i think we have a lot to kind of be thankful for but i think one of the cool things that has happened in the last what five less than five years is games have gone on sale faster than they have in the past i feel like for a long time, like you would have a game come out and it'd be fifty dollars or sixty dollars for what almost six plus months, and now you get a game that comes out and it's like, oh hey, this is now on sale by two months later for thirty five dollars or forty dollars. So unless you're Nintendo, then you never oh, yeah. put those games on sale. <laughs> <sighs> Let's not go into a Nintendo <laughs> rant because then Stud Knuckle will be angry. 
So, um, what, <laughs> and what, what happened, uh, what happened with Ubisoft this week, Finn? Oh yeah. So Ubisoft had their first, and I say first because they said they're going to do another one later this year, but their video conference, which they called Ubisoft forward. And they, it was actually a pretty well done show. I mean, they just pretty much popped off with each game and showed gameplay for pretty much all of them. Um, I think except for the uh, last one, which was more of just of a story trailer reveal. Um, but they showed Watch Dogs Legion, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Brawlhalla, um, and Hyperscape were some of the big headliners of that game. There's some other games that were there, but these are the ones that kind of intrigued me the most. And then then the end of the show with the reveal for Far Cry 6 with uh, Giancarlo Espinosa. Ah, uh, shoot. i drawn a blank on his last name, but the guy from Breaking Bad um, and The Mandalorian. I was going to say, yeah, he's he's the... Uh... He's a guy in Break or The Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what they that. called this character in The Mandalorian. I, yeah, who has... Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon, right, and he has the item I won't spoil at the end of Season 1 that ties directly from Rebels and Clone Wars. I haven't started yet, don't you dare. That's why I'm not spoiling anything. Even I mean the the spoiler, we're past the nope. segue of spoilers, but I won't spoil it. For oh, you. I don't think we're past the segue for spoilers in terms I'm, of. I'm this. walking away. I'm walking away. <laughs> Oko's upset. No, we're good. We're good. Um, but anyways, uh, he's in Far Cry Six. He plays like the bad guy, and um, which he plays bad guy really well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that game. I really love Far Cry 5, so I kind of am looking forward to this. Um, but, you know, there mostly it was a lot of single-player stuff. Um, except they did for, reveal that uh, Urban Battle Royale game. Yeah, Hyperscape. Hyperscape, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty... It's class-based, though. I wasn't too thrilled about that. Yeah, it's pretty wild-looking. Um, it seems to be very fast-paced, kind of like Quake meets... Battle Royale meets, I don't know. It kind of also had a like Ready Player One vibe to it, where you're playing as a virtual reality character in this city. Uh, okay. Um, and then it also kind of it had some kind of a Crackdown look to it too. Like it had some similar vibes to it in a way, but. Uh, it it looked fun, but this is the game that like apparently has a huge connection with streaming. So like uh, streamers who are streaming the game, people can vote that are watching their stream can vote on things that affect the world. Oh boy! So that could be crazy. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that really shakes out in the end. But um, I I was really impressed with all the things that they did with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I've I'm a huge stickler for Vikings. I, I'm not a stickler, but a sucker for Vikings. Like I enjoy that kind of um, that world. Hence my gamer tag. Um, but I will I will probably end up checking out Assassin's Creed Valhalla when that releases. Right oh on, boy, right am on. I gonna try my best to sell God of War 2018 to you then? I know. <laughs> I, but I have to have a PlayStation for that, Ubo. Sir, sir, have you heard the good word of Kratos? <laughs> Does he yell boy a lot? Boy, let me tell you. 
I, I'm pretty sure my better. wife would murder me if I came home with a PlayStation. Yeah. Um, um, speaking of PlayStations, there's a lot of killer games coming out this month. Let me just, uh, let's just start the list here. We got some good stuff. Um, Crosscode, I know, I think Captain Crunch was playing this. That's out on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. I think on Xbox One, it's on Game Pass. Uh, that dropped on the 9th. Um, Elden, Path of the Forgotten, Switch and PC, that also dropped on July 9th. Thronebreaker, Witcher Tales, it's an iOS game that dropped also on the 9th. July 10th, we got Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon 2. This came out of nowhere. The trailer dropped just like not even two weeks ago and I was like I didn't even know they were making a second one this is the sequel to the first Bloodstained Curse of the Moon the retro tie-in game to Bloodstained Ritual of the Night which I actually enjoyed more than the Symphony of the Night inspired Ritual of the Night game uh, I've got the second game I've played through the first four or five stages now it's super cool I love the new characters the music's great um kind of going through it slowly because I've been addicted to some other stuff but uh, so far it's really cool and I'm, I'm glad it's out uh, Deadly Premonition 2 also July 10th that's on Switch F1 2020 Digital Foundry did a whole video I have not watched it yet that dropped on PS4 Xbox One Stadia and PC I'm sure the Stadia version is stellar uh, NASCAR Heat 5 also July 10th PS4 Xbox One PC Sword Art Online I don't know if that's Alicization Lycoris or Al... I'm going to say that's what it is. PS4, Xbox One, PC. Hyperscape, PS4, Xbox One, PC dropped on the 12th. Death Stranding PC release July 14th. I've heard lots of good things about um, that game, but also the PC version. You can you can uh, soup up the graphics a little bit more. People are looking forward to the whatever cracked out mods they're going to put Right, I'm sure. <laughs> right, yeah. That's exactly why the PC gamers are probably excited. Um, July 14th, Neon Abyss, PS4, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Rocket Arena, PS4, Xbox, PC. July 15th, Ooblets, Xbox One and PC. That's probably going to be on Game Pass, I bet. Hunting Simulator 2, PC only, released July 16th. Beyond a Steel Sky, PC, Mac, and Linux, July 16th. Radical Rabbit Stew, uh, PS4, Xbox, Switch, PC on the 16th. Super Hot Mind Control, Delty? Never even heard of this. You've heard of Super Hot, though, right? Mm, I don't think I played that one, no. That's it's a really fun game. It's mm -hmm. uh, like a first-person shooter that uses oh, a time mechanic. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I think I actually did play that. Okay, okay. That comes out July 16th. Ghost of Tsushima, PlayStation 4, July 17th. Paper Mario, The Origami King, Nintendo Switch, July 17th. I'm sure Stunnuck will be excited about that one. Into the Radius, uh, that's a three hour, uh, VR game. July 20th, Rock of Ages 3, Make and Break. July 21st, that's on all the consoles, PC and Stadia. Bounty Battle, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. That's the 23rd. Dying Light Hell Raid. Is this Dying Light 2 or is this like an it's expansion? A, it's an expansion DLC. I think Hell Raid was a game that they were making. Yeah. And then they, okay. they decided at the last minute to just make it as like a okay. part of Dying Light. That's July 23rd, PS4, Xbox, PC. 
Um, let's see. I'll skip over a couple here. So this is the one I'm looking forward to. I'm just going to get to that. Samurai Showdown, the Neo Geo Collection. You get Samurai Showdown 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. 5 Special and 5 Perfect, which is unreleased until now. July 28th. That's on PS. It's on PC already. PS4, Xbox One, and Switch Edition drops July 28th. Skater XL, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC is also on the 28th. Hellpoint, PS4, Xbox, Switch, PC, Mac, Linux, and a toaster, July 30th. Castle Storm 2, <laughs> PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on the 31st. Finally, Fairy Tale, PS4, Switch, and PC, July 31st. That was a lot of games this month. I will say you skipped over Grounded on July 28th. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the game from, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to script that. skip that. That's uh, all good. It, it's just a game that I'm looking forward to. It's like the Honey, I Shrunk a Kid. Yeah, Honey, and that was made kids. by the guys that made Outer Worlds. Yep, so, Obsidian. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I'll probably check that out on Game Pass. Ubo's there there's one on there that was uh, interesting. Pistol Whip for PSVR. I don't know how many people have VR, but I think Pistol Whip is already out on um, other, like Oculus Rift, and apparently it's supposed to be one of the better um, shooter VR games out there. Huh. So that'll I... be interesting to see how it translates onto PSVR. I mean, I have to say I haven't followed VR very closely, so... Yeah, neither have I. I mean, besides Half-Life Alex, I kind of don't really know much about VR games anymore. So, uh, Ubo, are you interested in, like, the Ghost of Tsushima? I've seen a lot of the review stuff coming out uh, this week because I think the embargo must be up on it. And it looks really interesting as a um, open-world samurai Yeah, I remember uh, watching the game. trailer, and it looked awesome. Apparently, there's an option in-game to play the entire game in black and white. Huh, oh, cool. that sounds cool. Which would be wild to like see. Like a Kurosawa movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, it, it's piqued my interest, along with Paper Mario, because I know my wife uh, just absolutely loves those Paper Mario games, and Origami King looks phenomenal. Well, you know, Ubo, I don't know if you're a physical or digital kind of person, but if you're going to buy a physical version of Ghost of Tsushima, you should post that in the Discord somewhere from Amazon. And what that does is it kicks back, kicks a link out to you, which you can use to buy Ghost of Tsushima and allow fit, uh, us to get a kickback from that purchase. It's a pretty, pretty good deal. Um like I said, Amazon.com, we have an affiliate program with them. And anytime you post something in Discord from Amazon.com, it's uh, our own Hybrid Havoc made a bot that will give you a new link that uses the affiliate program, which gives us a kickback. So if you want to buy video games or any other product that you may purchase off Amazon, like we just bought doorknob protectors, or not protectors, but doorknob safety guards for our two-year-old who now can climb out of her crib. Um, so she doesn't just go roaming around the house in the middle of the night. Um, bubble wrap, buy your bubble wrap. That too. Amazon. I'm going to need a bunch of that. And I'm just going to use those boxes that it comes in as I pack everything up and move to a new place. Um, so yeah, amazon.com affiliate links are awesome. It gives tag a kickback for all the projects and things that we have going on and maybe allows us to do some fun little competitions throughout the year. Uh, moving on. On though, 
this week I do not have a community question. Um, but if you have a question that you would like to ask me and Hop and what whoever our guest host is, uh, feel free to send me a DM in Discord and I will save that and ask that question. Um, well, I have time... a question for you guys. Oh, you have one. <laughs> the guest has a question. This just, is new. Just thinking off the top of my head, like we've been playing games for a long, long time. What is stuck, like, which character out of any series has stuck out to you the most of all, like, you know, 30, possibly 40 years worth of video games? Like, has anyone ever stuck with you for that entire, like, period of time? Like, for for example, obviously being an 80s child, Mario, Mario and Luigi stick out for me. Those original Mario, Mario 1, Mario Brothers 1, which... I'm going to make a confession right now, publicly. I don't think I ever finished Super Mario Brothers on the NES. I don't think I could ever finish that game. Because you know back then, you only had three lives to get through eight worlds. And there's no save points. I'm no, that's funny. Right <laughs> My brother and I totally beat that using the cheese trick where you could infinitely juggle this turtle shell on one of the oh, stages yeah. and you could get like a ton of points and you got so many points that you would get and you you could rig it in a way that um you would infinitely jump on this turtle and you would get 99 lives and then you could just and i don't think we use 99 lives to beat it but it sure helped when you got to the last like two worlds because it gets hard when you get to eight and nine like bowser's castles on eight four and nine four are like stupid hard so uh yeah not to mention how demoralizing it is to get to that castle just to find out that the princess is in another castle. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I had two characters that just popped in my brain, um, and they're both from the 360 generation, and I would have to say uh, Commander Shepard from Mass Effect. I don't know, like, that was like the first real game, series of games where I just like put a ton of energy and time and like thought into the whole thing. So that character just like almost felt like a part of me in a way, or that, you know, that character was me in that world. And then the other one is, uh, Dom from gears of war. Oh, I was also going to bring up gears of war only because I felt like the world and the characters, and the interaction, and then also the novels and comics they did for that that game series was just amazing. Um, and the reveals that would happen, peeling the layers between Marcus and Dom, and then Baird and Coltrane. Um, that was killer stuff. I And I think, I mean, as far as a character that I've probably, or characters that I've probably spent the most time with only because of my obsession with the the company and its games it's probably uh the street fighter cast because i've been playing as them since the early 90s so that's most of my life at this point that's over 30 years (laughs) so many quarters lost so many quarters um but, I mean, a lot of those early 8-bit characters, especially Nintendo's properties, they've done such a good job of keeping them iconic. I mean, 
I hate to use the word regurgitating, but they're, they're borderline regurgitating some of their stuff because they just kind of remake the same game over and over at times, which is not Ma necessarily a bad thing. Mario's been stomping on Goombas for right, like 35, right. I mean, my kids now. got the new Super Mario Brothers uh, game on the Switch, and it's it's cool. To play. It's a trip to go like, wow, this is just like old times. Like even the like kind of semi-sloppy control of it, which is on purpose, you know? Um, it's good. It's good times. Um, and I think when you can make a character that's that iconic, I, another one I would bring up is like the Master Chief from Halo. And I think he's powerful because I think he's kind of faceless, so we all can kind of imagine that we are Master Chief in that game. Hmm. Have you ever seen those videos of um, teenagers trying to play original Mega Man? And yes, just and like just getting mad because it's freaking hard. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't. They could not get past that first level. Like they could not understand. Dude, Mega Man happened. One. Mega Man One was hard. I was. It was so funny because that game was. I never came close to beating Mega Man One. And I remember the day Mega Man Two came out, or soon after I rented it, and I beat Mega Man Two that weekend. And and I was like, wow, this was so much easier than the first one. I tried to go back to the first one. I thought maybe I just got better at games. No, that first Mega Man game is just stupid hard. <laughs> stupid hard. Oh, I mean, all the Mega Man games, like, until you figure out, like, the pattern and the the weaknesses and things like that. Some of them, but game. some of them were just stupid hard. Mega Man That's 1 true. was stupid hard. Mega Man 4 was also stupid hard. Like, 2 was too easy... Three had a good difficulty to it, and then four they went back to that stupid heart again. Uh, some of my earliest, and this is probably why I have rage issues. Memories on NES was trying to beat Mega Man Four and not yeah. succeeding. Battletoads. Yeah. Oh, ba I actually beat Battletoads, but that uh, uh yeah, that became like stage. it became an obsession. <laughs> Like, I, I lost, I lost my you. shit in that uh, speeder stage Dude, so many times. my friend and I world. would pause Battletoads. We would we would play it till we got to a point where we got really good at those first two or three, four stages, and then we would pause it overnight, and then like the next day pick it up again and try and yeah, like I don't know what his electric bill was. We would turn off the TV, but we would pause the Nintendo. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I used to do that all the time on the Nintendo. Yeah. And the. NES version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The first one, the yeah, the by first Ultra, one. the Ultra oh, yes. Games, which was just Konami's <sighs> other name, so that they could make more titles. Yeah, uh, that no, game was tough. I, th I think the one I'm referring to is the uh, was a Ninja Turtle property, the Sewer like, Stage with the seaweed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was crap. made by Ultra Games, which was Konami's. Oh, okay. Uh, so back then, the, you could only publish so many titles on the NES as a publisher. So a lot of the publishers built I heard of that. Yeah. secondary um, companies that were still like... Ultra Games was basically just Konami. It was just another name for Konami's game. And they put a line of games. Metal Gear was an Ultra Game. The first TMNT. I think all the TMNTs win it are the Ultra Games title. That's all I was referring to is it was the NES. It was created for the NES, unlike... TMNT 2 on the NES, which was a port of the TMNT arcade game. Yeah. So, Ubo, was there any other characters, like iconic characters that have stuck with you over the years besides Mario? Um, obviously, I'm a Nintendo child. Uh, Zelda, or I was going to say Link. Zelda, but it's Dude, not Zelda. It's Link, Link. Samus Aran. <laughs> yeah. 
until that big reveal. Like, I got so good at Metroid 2 for the Game Boy. I could beat that game in a sitting in about 30 minutes. Damn. Um, like, because you just start to learn all the patterns and yeah. like, where to go. Like, you knew what to do. It's weird. I played Metroid 1 on the NES and beat it. And then when Metroid 2 came out, I think, I don't think I was playing the Game Boy much. So I didn't really touch it. And then, uh, but man, when Super Metroid came out, I was obsessed with that game. That's an awesome game. Such an awesome game. Yeah. Hold on, I gotta go load up one of those uh, ZNES emulators and relive <laughs> my childhood. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what have you been playing lately, Ubo? What's on your what's your gaming playlist? What you've been jamming to? Oh, uh, so like modern day stuff. Okay, so fast forward, however number of years, um, and I, I'll, I'll admit right now, I am a grinding game junkie. So. Destiny 2, as usual, a new season has come out. Um, actually, one of the funner seasons, because uh, Bungie, I don't know how much you guys have been following, but Bungie has announced that they're, um, they've come to the conclusion that they can't continue... It's too much to... crap. Yeah, they, I saw. Can't con- <laughs> they can't continue to carry all of the content from yeah. Year 1 Destiny, or Year 1 Destiny 2. Uh, so they're going to vault it. Which um, is what a lot of MMOs do. Yeah, so they're actually doing almost like um, a summer uh, tour of the old content. So right now, uh, they started their Moments of Triumph where they're encouraging people to go back and play all those year one raids. Oh, that's why everybody of my friends this has been playing Leviathan lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've actually removed all the weekly caps on those raids because some of those raids, uh, all the raids... Oh, have to get the gear. <laughs> That's cool. The gear and the ex- exotics as well. Uh, so they want people to go in, and if you want to farm the boss, just farm the boss until you get that exotic drop that you've been missing because RNG has cucked you for, you know, three years. So, um, But before that, I you know, I'm actually kind of a fan of a bit of their season approach because I, I will... I will play a month of Destiny and then kind of get tired of what's uh, what's in there, and ultimately I've get I'll get value out of the first month of the three month uh, season, and and then I'll start picking up other games, and at the last of last at the end of the last season I was starting to play Horizon Zero Dawn, um, which is a fantastically beautiful game, but I just couldn't I couldn't connect into it as much I've connected into some of the other games like uh, Witcher. So as soon as the new season of Destiny came out and Diablo 3 had a new season, season 21, I kind of dropped off of playing Horizon Zero Dawn, unfortunately. <laughs> and I want to get back into it because it's it's a very... It's a gorgeous world. Um, like, being able to hunt dino- like robotic dinosaurs is kind of wild. Uh, it, it mixes like action with stealth. Um, a bit of uh, conquering animals and controlling them and getting them to fight some of your battles. It's its pretty wild. But then I fell into that Destiny 2 pit because uh, I'm an addict. Um, as I mentioned, Diablo 3 Season 21 started about a week and a half ago. I started playing that again with Fat and Shiza. Uh, they always try to add a new seasonal um, change. So last season they... They had, uh, I want to say there were more pet gobs. Like, there's actually 
goblins in game, like treasure goblins in game, that would drop pets, and the pets will pick up uh, gold for you. Um, this season, it's the added environmental effects, and I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of hate it because of, uh, and I'm sure Hop would can relate. You see so many explosions and effects going off at the same time. To add in additional poison meteors exploding nice. or electricity all over the screen, it's pretty overwhelming. So it's kind of frustrating at times because I don't know what's an enemy effect that I need to dodge or an in-game environmental effect. So that and that's another game where I can play for about three weeks off and on, kind of just grinding. I'll get to a point, do the seasonal conquest, and I'll be done for the next for the rest of the season. Um, aside from that, I've actually been on my Destiny downtimes playing a lot of single player games, catching up on some of those PlayStation exclusives. Um, uh, I've come to the conclusion after trying to play PvP for years that I don't get. Um, in my limited time I don't get the enjoyment of that experience so I'm looking for more positive experience instead of being mad and smashy all the time so I've, I started picking up a lot more single player games uh, God of War 2018 Spider-Man 2018 Witcher 3 which I will put up there as one of my top 5 games of all time um, Jedi Fallen Order which I love the mechanics so good it made me feel like I was playing Jedi Academy all over again. Um, With a hint of Super Metroid and Castlevania thrown in. Yeah, it was really fun, even though it was only five worlds, to revisit the same worlds over and over again, but unlock more of it because you had more force powers. Yeah. I was I was high on the story until the end because the ending kind of just felt flat to me, but that's for more for a spoiler cast if you want to get into that. Um, uh, control... I absolutely love Control because it was such a different game. Um, if you it's like, on sale on Xbox this week. I'm tempted to pick it up. It, it's it's very much like a Jedi game in terms of like you have a lot of psychic powers and you come for the the the, the power play in it. Uh, it's a really trippy world. Like it's a really, it's almost like you're in a X Files kind of environment. It's all paranormal, uh, paranormal thriller. There's not really a horror element. I never found anything to be uh, brutal, as if you're playing a Resident Evil. But it's still a bit of a mind twister. Um, yeah, it looked more like a thriller, like that to me, than yeah. like a horror game. More of a psychological thing. Yeah, the gunplay is okay mediocre at best but you gotta get you have to realize that the gunplay is there to uh, facilitate your downtime while your psychic energy regens um, so it's kind of just a in like it's a downtime thing uh, at best so it helps you regen your power um, like psychic powers faster but the powers in it feel so well rendered and it's one of the first games on PC that you can play with RTX uh, like ray tracing on mm -hmm. I'd love to see if they bring it to uh, Series X or PS5 and if they put a ray tracing version of it on there. Um, but uh, one game I would want to talk about the most is God of War. God of War, I absolutely loved. Uh, not to like drill it into you, Fen, but have you heard of the Book of Kratos? Honestly, it's... 
just fantastic. And it's not so much it, the gameplay itself. It's like an open version. So forget about the old button smashy God of War games. This is much more um, Dark Souls-ish in that. Oh, um, what was that it, game you were playing, Finn, that you liked so much? It was like Dark Souls. Oh, like Hellblade? No, the other one you were playing. Oh, Demon The Surge. Soul? The, the Surge, Surge, too. Okay. Yeah. So it like it's it's a combat. It's learning to parry to co- combat a lot of the monsters uh, in it. But I found the most part, the part that was most engaging was the f- the father son story in that game was absolutely phenomenal because throughout the course of that story, um, you go from a very dis- detached father figure in Kratos and his son. Atreus, I believe it was his name, um, on a on a journey to bring their recently deceased uh, wife mother home, and that journey and where it takes you along, and some of the parallels to the stories that go along with it, with um, some of the Norse gods in there, it was extremely well written, and I'm dying for a God of War two announcement. Because they I'm left, sure they'll announce they left that, that game. They left the first one off on a cliffhanger, and it's just like I can't wait for that next release of that game. Yeah, I'm hoping That's I'll awesome. be able to get a buddy to share his PlayStation with me sometime in the future that I can go and play through sure. that for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I've been playing, uh, still playing, still super hooked on on Modern Warfare Warzone, especially Plunder. Usually get in some games during the day with the the normal tag crew. Just picked up Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 so far. It's really cool. I also picked up a retro FPS called Project Warlock that's lots of fun. Uh, Borderlands 3 got its newest update, and it's fixed a lot of things. I haven't had any crashes. The new action... Um, your character's action skill is now scaled to Mayhem 10. That fixed a lot of builds. I rebuilt my character, and it's it's kind of funny you brought up like all the crap on screen because Mayhem 10 in Borderlands 3 is like first-person Diablo 3 Rift runs. It's just crap exploding everywhere, <laughs> and you have to time. You're like, I don't, can't even see what I'm shooting nope. at. Um, also, I started. Uh, this all started with me and one other friend who's now joined Tag. We started a thing called Fight Club by playing a lot of VF5. I brought the idea to Tag. And uh, we've been playing a lot of Soul Calibur 6 on Friday nights. Uh, I'll talk about that a little bit more when we get in the community updates. But uh, what have you been playing, Finn? Uh, I was on vacation last week, so I didn't get a lot of gaming in. Um, but it's been a while since we've recorded. But I've dabbled with Call of Duty still. Kind of good little palate cleanser for me now. Um, but I've been toying with Sea of Thieves whenever I see Scotty online. Um, and been actually playing a lot of fallout 76 with uh ghost touch and lately obi has been uh toying oh, he doesn't around play there. games what are you talking oh about? he he plays games <laughs> you just gotta play the right games um but I, re- I've been... I remember him i also remember being placed in the pvp match against him and he just murdered my face off oh jeez. <laughs> That's well, random matchmaking for you. There you go. Um, but that that's kind of been it. I've been and also I've been playing a lot of West of Dead. Um, it's a roguelite um, game where you. It's a twin stick shooter, roguelite that you play a soul that's been 
put into purgatory and you're trying to work your way out of purgatory, but you're trying to also remember who you are at the same time. Um, and like every time you die and restart the game, you kind of unlock a new, um, information clue as to who you were. And so it's kind of cool. Um, it gets hard as hell in the later stages. Um, and you have to really slow things down, but it's fun. And, um, you know, I don't know how much more gaming I'll get in the next few weeks with everything that's been going on in my real world life. Um, but I'm hoping to dabble every now and then. So, uh, Hop, though, you got some announcements for our Thursday game nights yeah. and some new night game nights. Thursday game night. You know what? Uh, real quick, Thursday night game night. I'm just going to take a quick pop in the channel because I know Dead was talking about updating this. I'm making sure my list matches... Uh, yes, okay. So, uh, this week was Titanfall 2, and it was a blast this past Thursday. This coming Thursday, July 16th, Halo MCC. July 23rd, Red Dead Redemption 2 Online. July 30th, Halo 5. We're going to kick off August 6th with uh, Soul Calibur 6. We'll see. I'll tell. We've been having some issues with that game on Fight Club. August 13th, Halo MCC again. August 20th, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Wait, wait, August wait. The 20th. original Battlefront? No, no, no. The new, the EA Star Wars oh, Battlefront boo 2. Earned. You can't play the, <laughs> that, that one online. August 27th, Halo 5. And then, like I said, I kind of started just a new thing. There was a group of us that were kind of into fighting games, and we had the fighting games channel, and we kind of did a test run, and we decided let's do something fun. So I created something called Fight Club, Friday Night Fights. Uh, if you go to the fighting game channel, just add yourself to the role Fight Club. Um, currently, we're doing Soul Calibur 6, but the lobbies have been inconsistent and crashing. Basically, we're trying to play games that are on Xbox Game Pass. We tested Tekken 7... That works great, and we tested, um, holy schneeb is what was it? Oh, Killer Instinct. Both of those worked flawlessly. Um, we're going to probably try some Mortal Kombat 10, or what I call Mortal Kombat XL, the version with all the DLC that's on Game Pass. Um, but also, I posted in Fight Club this week, the Street Fighter 2 Collection and Ultimate Marvel Capcom 3 are on, like, super cheap sale on Xbox. So if you want to... Get in some Fight Club and you like your 2D fighters along with your 3D fighters. Hit us up. What goes on, Finn, in that channel? They talk about stuff with words on it that's on paper? Yeah, uh, Euclid's Wall is the book club book for this uh, month. It was selected by Mellified. Um, it's kind of a post... Let's see, what exactly did he say about it? It was... It's a really interesting story that takes place uh, in a post-apocalyptic setting using retro tech. Um, and it is a stand uh, sci-fi book, but it's also standalone, so it's not a series. Um, he said he read it eight years ago, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and they use a lot of real science in the story. Um so if you're interested in joining the book club, uh, add yourself the book club role and get into the book club channel and you can either read Euclid's wall or listen to it on audible more than likely. Um, and that kind of really sums that up. But, uh, I mean, we've, we've had a lot of really good conversation here. Um, I want to 
take a few minutes and you know we talked about off the air um some interesting things that let me rephrase that some uh unfortunate things that have been going on not just in the gaming industry but across the world but it really has come to light uh with the gaming industry and that's just kind of uh allegations of sexual assault and um other misconduct misconduct um across executives and uh high profile figures Man- management management um high profile figures uh streamers um you know just all sorts of things and um you know one i want to say like i think i can speak for all three of us here is that we do not support people behaving in that way in any sort of fashion and in fact we would probably say you know call it out and and support people who are victims of this more often than not but i think it's really an interesting i keep saying interesting and i know that seems disrespectful of the situation and i apologize for that but i think it's a very um frustrating thing that we we live in a world where people think that they can do these things and get away with it and and I know Ubo you kind of were talking a little bit about off the air about kind of the ramifications of this not necessarily in the sense of like people doing it and then going to jail or losing their jobs but f- bigger ramifications and I, I'll kind of let you kind of go from there yeah so uh, as you mentioned I mean there's numerous uh, figures across uh, numerous um, industries, mediums, platforms, whether it be um, executives at Ubisoft, high-profile uh, Twitch streamers, um, sports athletes, uh, politicians, um, movie stars, whoever, celebrities. Um, in, these, in these situations that they've put themselves in, where they've abused their power to take advantage of uh, others. And in some instances, a lot of these people have um, a lot of influence on younger generations, uh, especially Twitch streamers. Um, There's a lot of people, uh, my boys, uh, not that my boys watch any of them, but for example, you got to think about how someone like, um, and again, this is, rumored allegations um, against uh, streamers such as Dr. Disrespect uh, but the now, like the younger generation that looks up to someone like that um, and regardless of the accusations being put forward still believe uh, that these individuals are completely innocent um, it's, it's concerning and for us um, as both humans and parents uh, we have to be mindful of the influence that these individuals who we've never met our kids have never met uh, a lot of generations of uh, children out there have never met still put a lot of stock in what they're saying and and it's of concern because uh, you say it's interesting and I do think it's interesting uh, even though you may not like that word it kind of is a reflection of um our Western society that we sometimes put too much stock, too much influence in celebrity 
profiles. Um, the Kardashians, for example, I don't like even know what they them, do. Putting them on a pedestal. Yeah, and for what reason? We don't know who they are. They play a character. Um, I'm not a huge Dr. Disrespect fan. He's made his um, living playing a character almost like a wrestling vil- villain. Where I was going to say play- he reminds me of an old wrestling villain. <laughs> yeah, like he plays that character and he may- he might have been the nicest guy in the world, but playing that character to- for five, six hours a day, every day for years, you you start to wonder where the, the lines kind of blur between this character and who he is and then start to abuse some of those that power. Um, we unfortunately got news in early July about... Um, uh, allegations against um, one of the founders of Evo, one of the world's top fighting tournaments, uh, which this year was not going to be a live tournament. It was going to be all online. But as soon as those allegations came out, you had Nether Realms, um, makers of Mortal Kombat and Injustice. You had Capcom. You had uh, all these indivi- um, companies and individual players coming out in opposition of the founders presence in the tournament and canceling their participation ultimately leading to the cancellation of of evil this year uh, and it's just it, it's it's one it's shocking to hear about all these stories but you you watch some of the romanticization I'll say of um of like the 50s and 60s, you kind of see some of that culture being played up in some of the TV series like Mad Men, for example, right? Yeah. Um, and it's way worse than how it's portrayed. And it's something we got to be mindful when our kids are watching these, um, these YouTubers, these Twitch streamers. I'm constantly questioning uh, my kids on what they're watching um, because sure, they're watching... Uh, Roblox, but I don't know what that guy's saying. I don't know what influence, what language he's using. It's influence re- he has. really interesting. You brought this up. So, you know, my kids are six and almost nine, and they're really into Minecraft and stuff. And their friends at school are into Minecraft, and so their friends would tell them, "Oh, you should watch so and so." And they started watching this one streamer, and he seems like a nice enough kid. I'm gonna air quote kid because I think he's actually like 20 or 21, but. I, you know, I've watched a couple episodes with him, and I was like, yeah, this really isn't appropriate for you guys to watch. Like, he's, he's is the same as, as uh, a lot of these streamers. They're putting on a show, right, to get people to watch so they can get clicks, so they can get more subs, so they can get sponsored, because that's how they make their money, right? Um, you know, my kids were watching it first to learn how to do stuff in Minecraft, but this guy does, he plays the game, sometimes shows stuff, but most of the time he's just running a commentary and being a goofball. And, and so, you know, my wife and I came to the conclusion that, okay, the kids are probably not going to watch this guy. Let's, we were just talking about today, like, we need to find maybe another streamer that's more of like a tutorial, because they just want to learn how to play Minecraft and have fun with it. I mean, they're good at it, but they want to learn how to do more stuff. Um, but it's the same thing where, where this particular streamer is not appropriate for younger children to watch probably fine for teenagers maybe but it's a caricature and it's it's like um it's like you were saying they're almost like celebrities in a way they're not real people and when you idolize people like that it can skew your viewpoint and one of the things um i'm constantly hounding my kids my kids are around the same age as uh, your children um nine and six turning seven 
Um, and they're watching a lot of Roblox, and I tried to force them to use YouTube Kids because it does screen and curate the content. But there's instances where I know they get on to YouTube and they're watching a Minecraft streamer. But then YouTube starts populating the related video columns, and then all of a sudden my six-year-old, seven-year-old is six-year-old. He's looking at prank videos. He's looking at other weird goofball videos and you know he at one instance started pranking his brother and thought it was hilarious except for the fact that he wasted an entire roll of toilet paper in the sink uh oh <laughs> <laughs> so at that point we're like you're done you're cut off you can't watch some of these streamers you can only yep, watch YouTube that's, kids yep that's kind of what happened to us one day we were just like nope <laughs> We're not watching that anymore. Done. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, but it, and it's and it's just it's hard to curate all that because right. especially right now, like we're at home, working from home all day. Yes. And <laughs> I, you know, I need them to do something safely inside the house. Here's the tablet. Play Roblox. Play Minecraft. Watch a YouTube kids video. Dude, I feel you 100% <laughs> on this. I think you and I are living very similarly right now. <laughs> But I think it goes to your point that like with all the stuff that's going on and it's little tiny seeds that get planted into our children's mind that we may not catch because it was just a one-off, one comment, one thing that may have happened. And then, you know, the next hour there's another one and then there's another one and there's another one, but they're all tiny little things. But then yeah. eventually as they become full-fledged adults all those tiny little things blossom and bloom and they think it's okay to say those things and do those things and you're like wait where the hell did you learn that and they're like oh it's because i saw it all the time on the youtube videos i watched and it's like wait a second i don't remember seeing that myself when you're watching it but it was just one little thing here and there so you know i think going back to the, the initial point of this whole thing is like you know, I was telling Ubo yesterday, I said, you know, when we were talking about the idea of this conversation, I said, you know, I wonder how much of the gaming culture is like in an overcorrection state where, you know, for a long time, people who are very invested in video games and or even board games, uh, D&D, things like that, or nerd culture or if you will. Yeah, the, those tabletop went through all of this that we're talking about, like, a couple of years ago, it got bad. Yeah. Like, with a lot of different uh, companies, management, and all that. It's just crazy. It's going through everything, but... Well, I, I was just going to say, like... Derail you. Yeah. Cards of Humanity has been just demolished because of accusations against yeah. some of their creators. Oh, I didn't know about that. Damn. Well, I mean, but if you look at some of those cards, though, I mean... Anyways, moving on, the, uh, the the point I was going to say is, like, how much is an overcorrection of, like, when growing up we were told, like, oh, you're you're a nerd, you're not ever going to get laid, or you're never going to get a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it is, um, you're going to be the crazy cat person for the rest of your life, and, you know, no one's going to like you or whatever, and then as you got older and then video games and gaming culture became more popular and everybody's more into it. And maybe some of these people got into positions of power and they're like, Hey, look, now I'm in charge. 
and you said I could never get it, now I'm going to get it. And, you know, that may be an oversimplification, and I understand that. But, you know, is there an overcorrection, you think, like from that, that where people are like forcing things because they feel like they have to because if they were told wrong and i'm not i'm not trying to justify the actions of a person that does something wrong i'm just saying like do you think there's that culture of the overcorrection piece that's very interesting um i'm a firm believer of balance in life uh, with respect to every aspect of life in terms of of how much time I spend breathing and how much time I have physical activity and I would say it's the same with in terms of one's psychological balance um, people have self-esteem issues people feel like they're being body shamed people feel like they're constantly being criticized if you go your entire life in one direction you don't know much else and you start to live the the same kind of lifestyle like i to be honest uh, i grew up in a household a catholic household very kind of negative um points of view on everything heavily critical and I try very hard with my kids to both reinforce positive behavior and you know due to my upbringing you know you can't help but um, you know try to dis- deter negative behavior and so did, did we live parallel lives Ubo did you live that Catholic life where yes God keeps on giving <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving and and it's well, I know we're we, we're both a, somewhat of Latino. My my mom's family is from Mexico, and they're all Catholic. I know your family's from Portugal. Portugal, so similar. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's interesting. You mentioned overcorrection. I mean, if if individuals live their entire lives being put down, and then if finally get to a point where they're in a position to put down others or manipulate others into doing things that they want, kind of abusing that power. It's very easy to see people in those situations not knowing how to deal with the power that they now have. Um, one of the things, um, one of the things that a uh, big YouTube or YouTube Twitch mixer mixer no longer exists. Uh, streamer Ninja was being criticized for was his um, the fact that he never played with other female streamers. But now when you see all these other Twitch streamers being accused of um, inappropriate relationships with women and in some instances underage individuals. Was that, I, I wonder if that's a thing because did Ninja have a relationship in real life and maybe who knows but uh yeah he, I mean it might have been a good decision for him I could see the those lines blurring a little bit if you're online I mean because like you do that as your job right and you're online all day yeah and he he has a very smart wife that probably helped them put up those bears to help protect yeah, them that's what from, I mean from that abusive 
or being put in that awkward position. Yeah. The, the worst part about this is there's so many allegations out there. The real ones start to get drowned out and people start to question whether they're all valid. And I hate the fact that people even start to question the validity of those accusations. Like we should be believing them all, but you yeah. know, there's a small percentage of them that taints the validity of the rest of them. And just being in, being put in an awkward position like that um, puts those position, uh, those individuals in very difficult positions. And in some instances, if they don't know how to deal with their power, the power they've accumulated being a top five Twitch streamer, oh boy, like there are, I mean, they, there's stories coming out. Um, there's yeah. some stories coming out now about how some individuals who have been caught cheating, that's not their first time cheating. There's multiple accusations mm -hmm. with multiple women, possibly up being underage. Like it's going to be a shit show. I think. Eventually. I think we have to kind of all remember what a wise man named Uncle Ben once said. And that was, with great power comes great responsibility. And <laughs> Straight up went Spider-Man Stan Lee style. I, I mean, it. like, it, it's a quote that I think will live on forever because it's true. I mean, how many of these people get into these positions and then they don't know how to handle you, it? You know what's wrong with them? They didn't study martial arts or jujitsu because that really will teach you great power, great responsibility. Because you are literally learning how to murder somebody, so you have to be really <laughs> good at not doing it. Yeah, I'm, make, I'm making some notes right now. Do not upset Milk Optimus. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think I think it comes down to the fact that like you you have to take responsibility for your actions and you have to be able to own your choices and at the same time and, and that's one of those things that i think now uh, it's so easy to be a keyboard warrior or a facebook warrior whatever social media you're on and you have no fear you can say whatever you want and be a total jerk and you don't have to face that responsibility um it's more prevalent now for sure yeah and and i mean i think it goes back to the, the whole thing it's just you know be a good human being and respect people as best as you can. And I mean, we're all going to make mistakes. I mean, we're all going to say something every now and then that is stupid. And, you know, it, or maybe the intent of it wasn't the way it was taken, but be able to own up to it and, and accept the consequences of that action and, and, and go and, and be able to say like, look, I'm sorry, that's not where I wanted to go with it, but I now know, and I'm not going to do that again. But also try to be a good human being first before you get into those positions. And then when you make those mistakes, people will be more willing to understand that your intent was not what it was. Um, coming from a person that says stupid things all the time, like I think it's important to to have that ability to reflect and move forward with it. So, Yeah, it's incumbent on us as parents and friends as well to kind of encourage accountability amongst our children to that's learn behavior to be good humans and also when we see it amongst our own friend circles to call it yes. out right yeah for sure and that's hard to do but i think it's important to do that i think at tag we do a good job of kind of there's been some checks and balances with each other for sure i think we all have 
um, friends in tag or even in the tag like outer fringes there's there's some people that come and they play with us that aren't from tag and you know we've i know there's been some things where somebody's like oh that person was a jerk and so somebody else is like oh, i'll talk to him it it's been pretty good i think yeah and i think you know we do our best especially on this front though like you know we do you know, i will say we're pride damn it predominantly a male oriented group but we do have a lot of females and you know they're wonderful people and they've contributed a lot of great things to our community and i think that like we do look out for each other and we've had some some really sketchy people join the discord server and target specific people and you know we bounce them out of there pretty quickly um because we don't have time for that but the the big thing is i think that we if we look out for each other and we do the right thing and we try to be the best humans we can, you know, we'll continue to move forward with society in positive ways. And I think we can hopefully do that as a culture, as a gaming culture, because there's nothing. I mean, how many times do we say it? Like some of video game people can be the worst people because of like you just said, Hop, there's that easy access of being hidden behind your keyboard, mm-hmm. behind your chat, and not people not knowing who you are and just saying all sorts of crazy things. I mean, I call I said it a while back, you know, with racist stuff, like call out that shit too. Like put it all down. And don't let people get away with it. Report them. Like, make it happen. Because we need to, we need to start policing our community in this aspect and letting people know that it's not okay. And that's my soapbox. I'll stand on it until it's over. But um, any last words regarding this topic, guys? Uh, I'm just recalling. I can't remember the name of a baseball player, but they said it's amazing how many. How many people have become super brave because of the fact that you can't get punched in the nose for the comments you make? That's true. And um, I thought that was Mike Tyson. Maybe I, I I've seen it recently. He's <laughs> okay. punched a lot of people in the face. Who knows? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just I mean it extends beyond gaming culture into just society in general. Like we we need to open up ourselves for open, rational, accountable discussions. And just because you type in all caps and just because you're yelling does not mean that you're writer. And people seem to believe that, but it's not true. Yeah. Um and it's it's just unfortunate like having reasonable discussions at times seems impossible when uh individuals have cut themselves off from open discussion open debate yeah well i will say you know i'm thankful that we have a pretty strong community that we have and uh i'm really glad you joined us for this episode ubo um would you like to kind of plug yourself in any way shape form or fashion uh no i'm just little ubo on discord you can find me on twitter um steam BattleNet, wherever i'm pretty uh, psn xbox uh, surprisingly little ubo is not a popular gamer tag uh thankfully um yeah so i mean and i'm around i'm I have a Discord problem, and I really shut myself <laughs> off from it. 
but how many servers are you part of? I don't want to talk about that. Okay. I, I did note that you guys did restrict yourselves to about seven Game Pass references. So I, I appreciate that. It's not one dollar, strictly one dollar. And I will die on this hill. <laughs> I didn't even say it. I didn't even bring it up. <laughs> I will die on this hill. I swear to God, if Romano keeps spamming me one dollar signs, I will lose my shit one day on Discord. And red pandas are not pandas. They're little trash raccoons. And I will die on that hill too. Stud. Oh geez, man, Damn. I was I was wondering if you would if you'd go on it because uh, I think the next episode we have with you we need to get Stud on there. <laughs> oh, Not pandas. Oh, you know what I should have done, Hop? I should have reached out to Stud and see if he could have just hopped in in the middle he of the recording. He probably hop in right now. You want me to call? <laughs> oh, you I'm have kidding. his number. He blocked me. That restraining order kicked in as soon as I started sending all that uh, panda. Uh, gear to his house oh jeez <laughs> oh boy and all of a sudden it showed up in Jersey that restraining order awesome well Ubo um, thanks for coming it's been a blast having you I hope you uh, would like to join us again sometime in the future um, I am Fenrir765 you can find me on Xbox or in the Discord and uh, hit me up and chat about whatever you want to Optimus. Just hit me up at the adultgamer.com Discord, Hoptimus, currently Hoptimus Joestar, and my Xbox gamer tag is right there. That's easier. All right, guys, let's roll out. Yes. Again, thank you, Ubo, and everybody stay safe and good.